This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the European Show and this one is a very special edition of the European Show. My name is Mo Stewart, I'm still your host. And in Liverpool world, there's only one name on everybody's lips, there's only one thing dominating all of our minds. Yes, it's Darwin Nunez. And I decided, seeing as we'd had a lovely chat with Alex Gonhalves of TugaScout.com before the Benfica game, we should bring him back in to do a little bit more Nunez chat and find out a little bit more about the guy who looks like he's about to put on a red shirt. So, Alex, before we go any further, is it Nunez or Nunez? Because I've seen both pronunciations and I I assume that the English people are going to butcher his name, but I just want to know what it is to begin with. <laughs> Well, I guess if we're going Spanish, it'll be Nunez, won't it? Yeah. Right. With the, okay. with the nice Ñ sound. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is what I was thinking. That, that that Y is very important in a lot of languages. So yeah. I appreciate <laughs> the fact that we're probably going to leave it out. But okay. Well, last time we spoke, you said that he was going to be the next big mover from the Portuguese league. And you were absolutely right. Now, we want to speak about, at the time... It was West Ham, I believe, were in the frame and maybe clubs like Arsenal. But obviously, since that point, he's moved up a level in potential, maybe in some people's eyes because of those two games against Liverpool. But let's talk a little bit about the Premier League in general and players who are coming from that, because obviously Luis Diaz has come in and done fantastically well. We can think of other clubs who've brought players in from the Premier League. You could look at our front three, perspective perspective front three for the future, and you could say all three of them were kind of created there. So surely this is a, a feather in the cap for Portugal. The, the, the level over there is a good breeding ground for a higher elite level, you could say. For sure, yeah. I mean, one of the questions you often get when a player's moving from the Portuguese league is, is he going to be able to adapt and is he going to be able to cope with the transition to the Premier League? And I think just based on previous records from from other players you can tell that really quite often there's very little time to 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 need to adapt um, mm. so it is very encouraging for for portuguese football as well the likes of bruno fernandes and ruben dias and edison luis dias of course they've all managed to to adapt really quickly and of course that only means that clubs are more likely to spend the big money on players mm. from the portuguese league which of course is so important for uh the big three in the country so it's um of course, it's a great thing for Liverpool because it means that they are more likely to get a player that's that's ready to play in the Premier League. But of mm. course, it is also beneficial for the Portuguese clubs as well. That they're going to be able to say, well, look, these players can do it. And so we will keep demanding the, the big bucks for them. No, that's a very good point, actually, isn't it? It's almost like we're proving them right by valuing them so highly. Now, let's talk about that value because a lot has been made of this 100 million euros figure and although it may take add-ons to get to it, it looks like it will essentially be achieved or achievable, should we say. I mean, is that an accurate projection of what you believe his potential to be? Or do you believe that part of that fee is tied up in his importance to Benfica? And as you say about the process of the Portuguese league? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both, really. Of course, that's the the valuation that Benfica put on him. I think that there was always an expectation that he would be the next big player to to leave the club. I remember Jorge Jesus, the the previous Benfica manager, was saying that this guy's going to be world class and he's actually going to be Benfica's biggest ever sale. Now, of course, he didn't quite live up to that because uh, he didn't quite surpass the Joan Felix um, price tag. 
but it's it's no surprise that he's that he's gone for this this amount. Now, if is he worth the fee? I mean, I think he he likely will prove to be. I think the fact that he's only twenty two is huge. It means that he's got like with Felix, he's got ten fifteen years ahead of him at the very top level, um, which is so important. Of course, age is such a factor now in in determining transfer fees. Um, and I think one of the the major things is um, his performances in Europe. I think they were the huge mm-hmm. in um, boosting his his valuation. I think if he hadn't done it in the Champions League or if Benfica hadn't gone as far as they had in the Champions League, there wouldn't have been an offer of this magnitude for him. But, you know, a brace against Barcelona, uh, a goal against Liverpool, a goal against Bayern as well. And, of course, the, the, the snatch and grab header against Ajax. These are all huge things that, of mm-hmm. course, the world are going to be watching. So I think that that was also a, a, a massive part in in the transfer fee. But overall, I think that he's just such a well-rounded individual. Um, and of course, not the finished article, but just so well-rounded and, and has so many um, important attributes. He he is worth he's worth every penny for for someone of that age. Okay, so let's start talking about some of these attributes because one thing I want to drill down first of all is the tactical ideas because. A lot has been made of his size and strength and the fact that he wears number nine. It's a very much a traditional number nine in style is what it looks like to a lot of people. Something that Liverpool haven't traditionally done a lot of in the past. But I want to look at the way that Benfica particularly used him because that doesn't necessarily uh, give the full spectrum of his qualities, does it? I mean, they tended to go with a 4-2-3-1, I believe, with Nunes as the one and then three kind of attacking midfielder wide wingers uh, like Rafa Silva, Gonzalo Ramos, Valentino Lazaro in behind. But that was only their most uh, used. It wasn't their only used formation, was it? Yeah, so Benfica were, were quite fluid, um, particularly with Nelson Verissimo. They would uh, they would change quite a bit, also in-game as well. In the Champions League, we saw it a lot, that uh, Darwin Nunez would uh, start through the middle and then maybe move out to the left to be able to accommodate a substitute like uh, Yeremchuk off the bench. So he was, um, he was definitely um, used in a variety of ways. And I think that's one of the, the, the other major considerations about him is he's just such a versatile player. Uh, and that, I think that suits Liverpool really well as well. Of course, they're, they're replacing Origi in some sense uh, as kind of like someone who they, they have as a bit of a, an out-and-out striker. But of course, they're probably going to be looking to replace Sadio Mane as well. Mm-hmm. And he can kind of operate in, in both of those roles. He's kind of got a nice blend of both of their um, their attributes um, in terms of he's got the physicality and the aerial presence that maybe Origi would offer. But he's also got the kind of the, the speed and the looking to to burst off the last line of defence and, and, and dribble at players, which Manny perhaps offers. So um, very versatile in that sense. He was used um, in a variety of ways by Benfica, depending on the situation. Um, and I, I think it's just worth pointing out how deceptively quick he is, because you say that he he might be that traditional, um, you know, kind of almost a, a target man. He's not really because he's he's not quite as tall as he looks. But he's he's definitely a physical presence, but also he's just deceptively fast. It's um it's quite impressive, and that's the kind of wide range of attributes we're talking about. Definitely, and I think another thing that kind of brings him into that number nine mold, or in people's minds at least, is his aerial ability, and that's something that I think is going to be really enticing for Liverpool fans. When you think about the likes of Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold, uh, and the kind of deliveries that they are available to. One of the things I wanted to say about him, though, one thing I picked up when he was playing as a two, 
he tended to be the one who would kind of drop off rather than, and it would be Uremcha could be going off in the aerial duels. So is that something that maybe he would have to take on if he came into England, like the, the volume of aerial duels? Or do you think maybe he would, again, look to maybe drop off a bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that that does a good job of showing his kind of versatility, the fact that he can play as kind of, he can, uh, you know, get involved in the physical battles, but also drop a bit deeper, maybe link up a little bit. Um, so, I mean, that's that's kind of, that's kind of the the beauty of of someone of his age, someone who's constantly improving. That Klopp can kind of mould him in 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 whatever way he wants. And you know, ultimately, the the mentality of a player is just is is perhaps the most important thing of all. And mm-hmm. the the fact is that Darwin Nunez has a fantastic commitment. You know, he fights for every ball. He's got amazing energy, um, and it'll just work so hard for the team. I remember that there was one instance um, against Porto. On the penultimate day of the season, uh, Porto just needed uh, just needed a point to win the title at Benfica Stadium, which, yeah, of course, is a bit of a humiliation for for Benfica. But in the ninety fourth minute, it was nil nil. Um, Port, uh, Benfica had a corner, uh, and Porto countered from the corner. And who was it that was that was trying his hardest to get back into the box and try and prevent the goal from going in, while the other players were jogging back? Of course, it was Darwin Nunez running back, sprinting back to try and stop the goal. It did end up being a goal, but, you know, it ultimately it wouldn't have mattered anyway. It was a draw. Mm. Porto were going to win the league. But Darwin still, to the very end, was showing that level of commitment for the team, even if the other players had kind of given up at that point. So, I mean, that's the kind of mentality we're talking about. And when you mm. have that kind of mentality, a player can can adapt to any situation. He's going to take the advice of the manager on board. And he can be moulded into into whatever design really that that Klopp's looking for. And what better manager really to be able to guide him mm. than than Jurgen Klopp? Exactly, the perfect man. And I believe that's something that Nunes himself has actually uh, spoken about. How Klopp and his potential to improve players has been a big part of why he's come here. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's drill down a little bit more into his attitude because sometimes you find with South American players, they tend to be kind of stereotyped as these kind of street fighters, you know, come up from the wrong side of the tracks and are willing to scrap for every ball. But as we've mentioned with Nunes, that does appear to kind of be accurate. (laughs) That does sound very much like he, he will be. And in a team like Liverpool, who've already got a good South American contingent, that's again something that's probably going to help him deal because he's going to have a lot to deal with, let's face it. He's going to have comparisons to that Norwegian fella down the road pretty much for his whole Liverpool career. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's going to be quite a quite a battle, that one, uh, you, you would like to think. Um, yeah, I think I think the mentality is is such a crucial thing, for, for particularly for Klopp. I think he only ever really signs quite grounded, quite level-headed players that want to play football, that want to improve, that want to take his advice on board. And so, in that sense, he really he fits in with the with the club very nicely, indeed. You, you think of the players, you go through them, and they all seem like a, a really nice group of of people, as well as as well as uh, excellent footballers. And so, I think Darwin. Is gonna is gonna fit in nicely with that. I think it's Klopp that says that the idea of mentality monsters that mantra, mm-hmm. and so I think that if Darwin is the same off the pitch as he is on the pitch, he's gonna have that desire and that kind of excitability almost that makes um, Luis Diaz so endearing, really, to to Liverpool fans. And that's exactly what we like. I mean, let's talk about Diaz for a second because one of the things that we have seemed to have enjoyed from his arrival is the, the the interaction with other players and how much he makes their jobs easier. Now, for someone like Luis Diaz, who's come in and ha- hit the ground running for so long, 
teams are going to start to plan against him. So having someone like Nunez come in and a new injection, how do you see those two being able to work in tandem? Because as we've mentioned, Nunez does tend to drift wide occasionally when he's playing for Benfica. And we've seen with Diaz, he has the ability to cut inside and shoot on goal. So are we going to be seeing the two of them maybe swapping positions 10, 15 times during a game and just dizzying defenders? I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's part of the evolution of the Liverpool front line, really. And and this this kind of fluid nature to it, you're going to have a front three that whoever plays really in that front three is just going to be able to kind of move around and, and switch positions interchangeably very easily. Uh, the idea of seeing Diaz and, and Nunez together is a bit of a Portuguese football fan's dream, really, because, of <laughs> course, they were the two best players in the league this season. And now we get to see them on the same pitch week in, week out. That's an exciting, exciting prospect in itself. Then, of course, you've got Salah and, and Jota as well. It's, um, it's a lethal front line. And it's quite impressive that, you know, in Mane, you've got one of the best um, really in the world. And yet still the, the, the front line seems to, to keep improving, even if he does end up leaving. It's, um, it's an amazing thing. So, yeah, I think it's just part of that evolution that uh, the Klopp's bringing a bit to the, to the front line, maybe adding something a little bit different in terms of the physicality. But ultimately, there's still that ability to interchange and, and it's it's exciting. It's an exciting prospect. Mm. It is an exciting prospect. And I think another player who may have been a little bit of a forgotten man in the last few months of the season, Diogo Jota, might well benefit from playing with Nunes because we saw how he was able to link up with Raul Jimenez when they played together at Wolves. And if you look at the profile of the strikers, they may well be very similar. So this might be particularly if we're going to be seeing Liverpool playing with four forwards as opposed to three on occasion, this could be a new lease of life for him as well. Of course, of course, yeah, and and again, that's part of the the kind of transition into maybe a different style of of Liverpool um, going forwards. You know, there's going to be that ability to play that uh, that front four, which would be quite um, quite terrifying. Uh, and I think, yeah, Jota Jota works well as kind of a second striker, maybe off someone else. Um, and of course, yeah, with Ralph Jimenez, he linked up really nicely. So I think I think it's a great benefit to all of all of the players, really. Of course, as you mentioned, there's um, an abundance of impressive crosses, really, at the Liverpool team as well, who are also going to benefit from having someone like Darwin Nunez in the side. You have the front three who are going to be able to link up nicely, um, and yeah, Jota could be could be one of the main beneficiaries of it. Someone else who will probably enjoy playing with him is Thiago Alcantara because we've seen lots of times uh, Nunez's ability to run in behind defences. Now, this was something that I wanted to discuss because there's been a lot of talk about how the space that maybe he got against playing against Liverpool and teams like Bayern Munich in the Champions League who play with a high line isn't necessarily what he's going to be seeing in the Premier League and so he might not necessarily have as much space to run into. But what I want to talk about is his intelligence with his movement because it's not just about his raw speed, it's about his ability to find space almost when there isn't any. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, yeah, first of all, with the with the space in terms of running into, that is obviously what he what he likes to do. He likes to be able to run at, run at players, but also run in behind players. And of course, how many teams are going to really uh, you know, push higher up the field against Liverpool? It's going to be very rare. Um but yeah, he's he's amazing movement. He's very good at finding space. You know, he can peel off to the back post, or or you know, he he's still able to find the spaces even when they don't exist. Almost, it's mm -hmm. it's quite impressive. So he's just one of those intelligent players. He's got good movement. He's um he's good at finding little pockets. But yeah, I'm intrigued because of course, in the Champions League, he he maybe um, you know, he flourished a little bit because he was playing against teams that were slightly more expansive. 
What we also have to remember, though, is in the Portuguese league, pretty much every team is going to almost park the bus against Benfica. And he still scored an abundance of goals. He's still in those instances. There's always instances where you can run in behind or you can run into space when the when the team are, are kind of maybe overcommitted a little too much in that one instance. And more often than not, he punished them. So I think it's probably going to be the same for Liverpool in that sense. He's still going to have those moments where he can run in behind and and, and spring the offside trap. But as well, he's so good at finding space that he's, he can also be quite dangerous when just in and around the box. I wouldn't say that's his, you know, his favourite way of playing is just kind of being that man in the box. But he's very good at finding spaces. And when he's also got the aerial presence that he has, he can be lethal in, in so many different ways that I think that regardless of the way that the opposition line up, he will find a way to be able to influence matches more often mm. than not. Sounds good. Okay, we've given everybody lots to drool about. Let's bring them back to reality. What does he need to improve upon? If you were a coach, an assistant coach, and said, look, you're going to England now, you're going to a, 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 really, a league that's going to test you in so many different ways every single week, what part of this game do you believe that he needs to improve on first and most importantly? Yeah, well, it's interesting that um, actually not everybody has been fully convinced by Darwin. Uh, even now in the in, in Portuguese fans and, and a few pundits, they're not fully convinced on him just yet. And I think that's largely because, um, you know, he can look a little unorthodox at times, which is not really a criticism because if you get in the job done, then it doesn't really matter. But I guess he can refine just parts of his games in terms of the dribbling, maybe uh, in terms of his first touch, which can sometimes be, um, you know, a little off. And also decision-making, you know, I think, he, he makes the right decisions in, in many situations, but of course, you know, occasionally maybe he should pass when, when he shoots or he should shoot when he passes. And, and I guess that's just natural for someone of his age. It's quite rare to find a player that's 22 that's that's already perfect in this regard. But yeah, maybe just the decision making, the first touch, maybe maybe the dribbling to some extent. But it's 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 fine margins, really. He's 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 kind of a, an unpolished gem he's you know he's a little rough around the corners in, in, in some instances but it's things that he's just gradually improving he's been improving this season as he's exploded almost and he's mm -hmm. just gone from strength to strength as weeks have gone by incrementally increasing his market value in the in the process um so it's just small things it's small details that i think Klopp probably recognizes and i think that's why even with those, he was uh, he was willing to spend the big money because these are things that are, are probably quite easy to improve on the training ground. No, you'd think so. And we've seen evidence of that with Liverpool players in the past. And, I mean, if you look at some of the reporting that's come out today from the excellent Kiva O'Neill, she mentions the fact that Liverpool have been looking into Darwin Nunez since 2015. So uh, wow. before, before his Almeria days. So they've been very aware of exactly what kind of a player they're getting and what kind of plan they're going to have for him. So finally, you mentioned previously the fact that Liverpool have taken the two best players from the Portuguese league last season and put them in the team. Uh, is there any others out there we should be paying yeah. attention to? <laughs> I tell you what, Mateus Nunes, and I, I don't think it's much of a secret now because, of course, after Sporting played Man City, uh, Pep Guardiola said something that kind of shocked everybody when he said that uh, Mateus Nunes was one of the best in the world. Um, but he is really good. He's a, he's a very energetic midfielder. Um, you know, quite direct, good passer as well. Just an all-rounder, really. So I think Matthias Nunes is one to uh, to watch out for. He could be he could be one of the the big players to to move on. And also, just as a kind of 
maybe a bit left field for for English viewers is Vitinha, who um, who had a bit of a you know a bit of a failed spell at, at Wolves, really out on loan, hardly played, and he's burst to life at Porto now. And I think that he's also one that could could potentially go for for some significant money. So those are probably two to watch out for. Mm. Now, he's a name that has been linked with Liverpool as well in the past. So maybe he's another one. Maybe I'll be calling you again, Alex, in the next few months <laughs> to talk about Virginia. I look for forward now, to it. <laughs> for now, thank you so much for this Nunes chat. He's got all of us very excited. I hope to see you again in the future. Thank you very much. It's been great. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.